we've done this for a number of years and um, we always find it really useful and inspiring. Um, just a few preliminaries, as you can see, we are recording this event. Um, I want everyone to be aware of that. The recording will be released um, as a, an episode of our podcast, and it's actually going to be available as our podcasts are through Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and other platforms. Um, you can also listen back to our earlier career panels on our podcast if you really want to get um, a deeper picture of what our alumni are doing. Um, I want to also, before I go further, thank uh, Michael Malloy, our program coordinator for organizing this event. He's also managing and moderating the chat for us tonight. Um, the format for this is we're very lucky to have four Villanova English alumni with us. Each of them has agreed to talk for five minutes or so about their career paths and their current work. Um, after they've all spoken, we'll have a Q&A session. So if you have questions, you can put them in the chat or you can just raise your hand at the end. Um, please remember to keep your microphones muted and um, we're going to go ahead and get started. So our first speaker is Sydney Check. She works as a senior specialist in lead generation at PrimeMed a provider of continuing medical education to primary care physicians. Uh, Sydney worked previously at Penguin Random House in library marketing. So Sydney, you can take it away. Awesome, thank you so much. And thanks so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to chat with you all today. Uh, my name is Sydney Chuck. I graduated from Villanova as an English major in 2017. And I loved being an English major, uh, mostly because I was a bookworm, but that sounds like a cop out of an answer because who isn't if you're an English major? But um, I really loved being in class because I feel like every class was a book club, albeit challenging, but it really taught me the transferable skills of thinking critically and learning how to communicate your thoughts effectively, which I feel like really helped me in my career today. And I, while I was in college, I had a lot of friends who were in set career defined paths. My roommates were all nurses. I had a lot of friends who were in engineering, a lot of friends who were in business school. So all of their jobs were essentially set up for them after like first semester of senior year. So I was like beginning or second semester senior year. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do exactly and surrounded by everyone who had already this, these like set career paths. So I was like, peer pressure is on, but I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So what I did instead was just network as much as I could to as many people as I could just to figure out what the options were out there, which I think this is a great resource as well. Um, so I made a LinkedIn account and I know there's like the Nova network, all these great um, assets that you can take advantage of too, just to figure out like what people's careers were. And after a few chats during the second semester, I found out that marketing was something I was super interested in just because it combines, it's the idea of like creative storytelling, you're using your um, like a creative brand background to just promote a product to the consumer. And I feel like being an English major is great for that. So I kind of honed in my um, skills for those types of jobs. And, um, but unfortunately I did not have a job uh, coming out of college. I graduated in May of 2017. I became a nanny for the summer while still networking as much as I could. Um, and at the end of the summer towards August, September, I made a networking connection with a woman who worked in publishing and she ended up becoming more of like a mentor figure for me by the end of that summer. And there was an open position at Penguin Random House that she recommended me for. And that's how I got my job in library marketing. Um, so it's okay if you do not know what library marketing is. I did not know what it was until that 2017. Essentially, library marketing promotes all of the books that a publishing house um, creates to public libraries across the country through a variety of formats. So we have in-person events, think of like Comic-Con for librarians. We also do um, trade shows. We have um, print, ad print campaigns. I did a lot of copy editing on our print and digital campaigns. I managed all, all of our social media for this. Um, and 
it was just, and I did also a library award submission. So it was a lot to learn on the job, but it was um, multitasking and just having like effective communication really tied everything together. And I wouldn't have been able to really complete that job as well as I did unless I had those skills from college for sure. Just like juggling a workload, learning how to like build up your schedule with all your extracurricular activities too. I feel like all those like transferable skills really did help me in my career. And um, so I was in that position for about four years, um, give or take. And then COVID hit in 2021 or 2020, obviously. Then 2021 hit, I was looking for a new challenge and I ended up in Boston. Um, I ended up switching to a new job in healthcare education, which was quite a switch in between publishing and healthcare. And initially I was a little bit hesitant because, you know, there's like the English major to publishing pipeline makes sense. You'd think books, everyone loves books, but I was working in healthcare. That's a different, whole different rodeo. However, I feel like what I was learning from my old job really helped equip me to um, succeed in my current job, which was great. So I ended up in, um, for my first year at PrimeMed, um, I worked in email marketing. So the whole company, we essentially provide continuing medical education to primary care clinicians. So we have virtual um, virtual conferences, in-person conferences, um, a whole on-demand library of networks. So I was in charge of sending out emails, um, creating, deploying, and analyzing emails to make sure that everything um, the clinicians knew about all of our services in order for them to get their credits. Um, so I think that I really feel like I succeeded in that position because of my ability to think critically, the copy editing, and just like paying attention to detail in our emails because like dealing with credits for doctors is serious business. So making sure everything is laid out correctly. Um, and also just being to analyze something from like a larger subscriber base was really um, interesting. So um, that was my first year at PrimeMed. And then more recently, I um, was now I'm in a different type of marketing uh, situation. I'm in lead generation marketing. So I'm doing a lot more like search engine optimization. I'm working um, on like user experience. I'm coding. I never would have thought that I've gone from writing essays to working on Excel spreadsheets. I took one math class at Villanova, but like here I am and you can do it too if you want to. Great. Um, but it, it is all possible. And um, one thing I did just want to... Um, reiterate is that my trajectory went from books to education and it is totally okay to do that you don't necessarily have to be in one job forever and it is more than welcome to be curious about all these different things informational interviews with alumni and other um, employees I feel like is so important and I feel like having these skills to take you from Villanova to the career uh, just to your the workforce is really great. And I'm very fortunate to have had such great professors at Villanova to get me there. Hello, Professor Quigley. Um, I did want to say I took a senior seminar with uh, Kamran Javadiz today, and that was the hardest, one of the harder classes I've ever taken because our senior uh, thesis final was what is poetry? And then you had to answer that question in 20 pages. I had no idea how to initially approach that, but then I went into office hours and I was like, please help. I need, I thrive on structure. How do I do this? And he was like, you have all the tools that you need. There's no wrong answer. You can figure it out. And I think about that often because when I'm in the hard situations at work where I can't quite figure out the answer to a problem, I think about, I can write 20 pages on what is poetry. I can do this now. And just trusting yourself and having the confidence to um, use those skills to get you from point A to point B, I think is really important. So that is that's my journey. I'm happy to answer any questions at the end too. Um, but thanks again for having me here. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome, Sydney. Thank you so much. Um, our second speaker is, that's right, clap, clap, clap. Our second speaker is <clears throat> Jen Dawson, who has taught with the Lower Marion School District for almost 30 years. She started out teaching English and now teaches family and consumer sciences. So, Jen. 
I welcome, or I guess I'm welcoming uh, myself because um, it's really nice to be here. I don't um, often get to reconnect as you know someone who's who's been out of college for a while. So it was really um, a, a thrill to be invited. And um, I am the mom of some college aid students, so I feel like I have these conversations a lot. What can I do with my major? Where should I go? What careers are out there for me? So um, I can I can share my journey, and hopefully that'll help a couple of people find their path. Um, I started out as an English major and really with the um, idea of going to law school. I really thought law school would be for me. And I, I loved reading. I loved analyzing. I loved um, thinking critically, writing papers, uh, kind of a, kind of a school nerd, as, um, as Sydney was saying, just really loved the, the book part of it. Um, as I progressed in my courses, which were, which were amazing, I loved the small classes and the personal attention, I sort of realized that um, I liked more the literature part and I wanted to really pursue that and wasn't really sure, you know, where you go with that besides academia. Um, but I, I kind of held on to the law school idea for a little bit and I interned my junior year of college over the summer for a law firm in my hometown. And I really recommend interning if anybody has the opportunity to, to do that because what I found out was it, it really wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't like the structure of what was happening in the office. Um, nothing wrong with it. Just wasn't a good fit for what I saw myself doing. Um, so a little bit like Sydney, I graduated and kind of didn't have that like automatic job built in. My, my best friend um, at college was a nurse. My other friend was an accounting major. They went right into those fields and, you know, sort of knew what they were supposed to do. I didn't. Um, so I took a job in retail management for a year just to um, just to not go home after college, just to have money to pay rent and stay out. I lived out in the King of Prussia area with my college roommate who became an accountant. And um, I just obviously decided that wasn't for me. Um, so I taught kindergarten for a year um, at a private school where I didn't need to be certified. And that was where I sort of found my niche. And I thought, why didn't I think of this sooner? I, I really do want to be in a classroom and, and sharing my passion for learning with, with people, not kindergartners. So I circled back and went into the Villanova graduate teacher education program, um, where I'm not sure if it still exists, but at the time I was able to take classes at night and I think it was maybe two semesters. And I did that. Um, on campus was great. And then students taught. And that's where I found what I what I wanted to do. And I was fortunate enough to get a job at Lower Marion, which is right in Ardmore, very close by great school district. Um, and student taught and then and then was hired there um, after a little bit of long term subbing and things like that. Um, I think the market is a little bit better for teachers now than it was when I started. Um, but I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I still do. I, I switched over to a different department after about 15 years teaching English literature, mostly because I wanted more of a family balance. Um, teaching English was, was great and it was a, a dream, um, but classes got a little bit bigger. My life at home got busier. Um, I wasn't really keeping up with the pace of the job as much as I wanted to. I also wasn't keeping up with the pace at home. And that's, I think, one of the great things about teaching as a career is you can um, customize a little bit. I, I had to change um, fields my day is busier now during the day, but I don't have the essay grading and, um, you know, the, the pace of um, a lot of things happening outside of school. Um, but I do really miss teaching English. I, I miss the, the literature part of it. It was, as Sydney was saying, it was kind of like a book club. Like I felt like I had a book club in my classes. I taught American Lit for a while. Um, I taught poetry. I can relate to the what is poetry question. Um, so that, that was kind of the path I took. And then I did go back to Villanova and I got my master's in liberal studies and that has opened a couple of doors where I'm feeling like after I retire, which is probably soon, um, I may be able to, you know, segue into some other things because as Sydney said, I feel like that background of thinking critically, writing, um, being able to, to speak and analyze information really just serves you well in any career. And, and most careers now are so customized that you really are learning on the job, but having those, those skills transfers, um, to, to pretty much anything. So that's my journey. Thank you so much, Jen. That was great. Um, our third speaker is Mike Keeley, and he's an organizer who has worked with various groups and campaigns, including the Democratic Party of Wisconsin and Hans Reamer for County Executive in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Hey, Mike. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you, Dr. Hicks and Mike. Uh, it's cool to be invited to do this. Um, I went to a couple of these events when I was 
at school, I graduated in 2021, uh, one of them before COVID, which was different. And then, you know, one of these sort of things. Um, so I always appreciated those. So this is uh, cool for me to be able to do this. Um, thank you all for being here as well. This is cool. Um, but yeah, so working and organizing, um, like uh, Sydney and Jen, you know, I did not know what I wanted to do, or maybe I knew what I wanted to do, but I did not know what specifically I was going to do and how I was going to get there. Uh, <laughs> When I left college, um, having been an English major and uh, a communication double major with a concentration in writing and rhetoric, um, I did that because I love to write and I like to read, but really I just wanted to do as much writing as I could. I thought I maybe wanted to go into some, some sort of like media or journalism sort of field. And around COVID, um, I don't know, I think the politics sort of bug hit me in terms of, I'd always been interested, always been very involved. I was the uh, co-president of the College Democrats when I was at Villanova for, for my junior year. And um, I think it just seemed like more everything was falling into place for that to be something that I might go into or have now gone into post-grad. Um, and organizing, I don't know, like, I just don't know quite how it happened. Um, I, you know, I'd done all that work at school. I volunteer for campaigns. I'd been with the college Dems. I had, you know, done organizing sort of things. When I, you know, played rugby, I helped organize our fundraising for our, um, our philanthropy one year. We raised, you know, two, three thousand dollars or something for Nova Dance, which was really, you know, that was really fun um, and really important work. And I was really happy to do that. It was, you know, I guess it was good practice in hindsight, um, getting people together and, you know, pointing people towards a goal. Um, but yeah, I didn't know where I was going, but I eventually got an internship, you know, for, not a permanent job, but an internship at Public Citizen, which is like a progressive um, advocacy firm in D.C. and sort of nationwide, um, big, sort of big on social media. Um, but my internship was with the uh, Global Trade Watch, the sort of trade watchdog department that sort of advocated for progressive trade policy in the States and uh, internationally. And I was working with the whole team there, um, but I really sort of got caught with the organizing bug um, with the organizing director there on that team. And so I helped them. It was the summer of 2021. Um, we had some in-person stuff and I helped them organize some in-person events, you know, some digital organizing, uh, you know, written uh, material for them. And it was the first time I'd sort of thought of that organizing work I had done some of in college. Uh, it was the first time I'd thought of it as a as a job that you could do, um, even though, you know, I'd watch the West Wing, I knew that like campaigns were out there. And it was funny because I guess in those shows, the heroes of those shows are the political staffers, right? You know, your Josh Lyman's, your Sam Seaborn's, people like that. And the campaign folks are always like these grumpy, overworked um, pessimists. So I didn't want to do that. But then I, you know, worked in organizing a bit that summer. I, uh, towards the end of the year, I got involved with uh, Hans Reimer's campaign in Montgomery County, which is, you know, a very sort of, if you, and maybe people have heard of like the term YIMBY versus NIMBY, sort of pro or anti-local development. I'm sort of more of a pro-local development person. Um, and so that was a big campaign, you know, it really aligned with my values in an area where I grew up, um, which I think is a great way to get into this sort of thing, like find a cause that you really, um, that really speaks to you, whether it's um, an issue or a candidate. And um, it just made sense for me to apply for that job. I did. I got it. I worked for Hans in that campaign for a little over six months. Um, and I guess another thing is that it was a very small campaign. Um, you know, I think we had, by the end, we had five total staffers, um, no field director above me, two field organizers, FOs, as they're sort of termed. And it was just a lot of work. Um, I think, you know, there are pros and cons to working in a small environment like that, um, you know, less support less sort of, I don't know, ancillary sort of benefits, things you might have, um, but it taught me a lot. And so having done that, we didn't win, but I think everyone sort of thought, and we were all pretty proud of the effort we put together in the field program. Um, you know, that can't decide everything, but I thought we did a good job. And so about you know, a little later, I got out to, I, you know, applied for uh, not another organizer position, but in Wisconsin, I then was hired and brought on to be the uh, regional organizing director um, for Dane, for most of Dane County, uh, Wisconsin, which is like Madison, uh, sort of the metro area there, excluding some of those sort of more uh, more rural sort of outer Dane County areas, which another one of my colleagues, you know, took care of. Um, and that was just a, it made sense, you know, me versus the people who I supervise or other people there, because 
that whole sort of more larger organizational structure was very new to me and took some adjusting to. Um, you know, back on the smaller campaign, I had done fundraising work, I had done donor relation work, I had, you know, done constituent services work a little bit, people would call me, I'd have to talk to them, you know, there's no one else to send them to. Then you get to Wisconsin, and they have people for everything, right? So, um, but one thing I did realize that was an advantage for me, and maybe why it worked out that I was brought on there in sort of a role I hadn't done before was because having worked in such a small campaign, I sort of knew how to do a bit of everything in addition to all the organizing work I had done. Um, so I had these organizers who had only worked for the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, and they were all so talented, really awesome people, really awesome organizers. But there were some things that they never had to know how to do. And then, you know, if there was something that you need, something needed to be fast, it needed to be turned around quickly, um, you know, why would you know how to do a thing that you're not supposed to know how to do? So I think working in a smaller environment, um, if you're trying to get into this sort of work, working on a smaller campaign can be really a good way to do it because you are forced to learn more of what the job is, maybe rather than you should have to be able to learn how to do it, but it can be beneficial if that's the sort of thing that you're into. Um, I think I'm rambling a bit. I'm sure people ask a bunch of questions that will point me in better directions. Um, I'm happy to answer anything uh, you guys might want, want to ask. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And that's sort of a little bit of what I've done so far. Great, Mike. Thank you so much. Okay, and our final uh, presenter is Nadia Saeed. Um, she's the Senior Director of Operations at the New York City Department of Education, where she serves as Chief of Staff for the Middle School Quality Initiative, managing a literacy program that serves 80,000 students across New York City. Hi, good evening. <laughs> um, and so, uh, excited to be here and share a little bit about my story. Um, so I I graduated from Villanova, um, it was actually the class of 2000, so I've you know, been a while. Um, and when I actually, when I, when I graduated, I was really sort of like full in on the English lit path. So I went, I did a master's degree. Um, I moved to DC, I did my master's degree in English literature. And I started a PhD program. And so I was like, yeah, I'm on the academic, I'm on the academic career track. Um, and then I was like, I was in my PhD program and I was like, um, for many reasons, this, it was, this was not the path for me. Um, and so I, I'm a PhD dropout. Um, but, you know, I feel like fully confident in my decision. And I think it's like, I was I'm glad that I sort of realized that like, this was not the career path for me. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I, after that, I, so I, when I was in my program, I really, um, you know, I was tutoring while I was also in my program and I, I really kind of, um, got, became passionate about K to 12 education and sort of like that field. Um, and so I sort of like pivoted to, um, to K to 12 and I started working for a nonprofit in DC and, um, the organization worked with state states and districts on their um, high stakes, like large scale testing programs. Um, and so I, I was an ELA content specialist. I worked with states basically to create their ELA tests. Um, and I did that for a number of years. Um, essentially, you know, I started out as a content specialist um, and then really kind of became like a client project manager. Um, after, after several years, um, you know, and again, sort of like in this journey, I kind of, I was like, well, the thing that I really love in this work is actually like working with educators and, and, and working with districts, district partners. Um, and so I started kind of looking around and, um, that's when I landed at the NYC DOE. I've been there for 10 years, which is like, feels like a really long time, um, and have, you know, kind of never envisioned that I would be in sort of like an operations and project management role. Like it's, you know, um, but I really do think that what many of my fellow panelists have said, it's just the sort of ability to think critically, um, problem solve, um, communicate, right, with a wide variety of audiences, like it, written, verbal, the ability, ability to communicate, build relationships, um, 
has really kind of helped me build my career and sort of like get to where I am now. And right. So um, I work in the DOE central office. Um, I work with a, a literacy initiative and um, really like I, I serve in, in the capacity of chief of staff. So um, <clears throat> in my role, I, um, I serve as sort of like a, a thought partner and, a, and an advisor to the executive director. Um, and I mean, I re this is like work that I love. I really love it. Um, and again, it's just this idea of where like we talk, we, um, we problem solve together um, and, you know, really sort of like carrying out um, like the sort of the day-to-day um, program implementation for this literacy initiative. Um, and so, you know, this, this thread of like literature and ELA and literacy is kind of like, it's, you know, it has been the sort of thread um, through my journey. Um, when I was at Villanova, I actually didn't start out as an English major. I started out, um, I think I was a political science major and I, was, I actually thought I was gonna go to law school. Um, and I was also in the honors program. And I remember that, you know, had a, like my core humanities freshman year um, professor, Kathy Staples, she was such an incredible professor and, um, you know, like really, really pushed me in my writing and my thinking, um, which I gave a lot of feedback and just like pushed me and made me like a really strong writer and a really strong like thinker. Um, critical thinker. And that's actually, um, she is the reason that I ended up switching my major to English. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity, um, you know, in this field, like I said, I work, I'm in public service, I work in government. Um, but like education nonprofits, um, public service, government, like I said, there's a lot of opportunity for English majors here. Like if you have this ability, like really this ability to communicate, um, to write, to problem solve, uh, there's such like assets in this field um, kind of all around. Um, you know, if you're thinking just like about go like government specifically, there are like some sort of like nuances to it. Um, that you know there's details around like kind of how you get your foot in the door there's like civil service exams there's like a lot of sort of like nuances that i'm like happy to you know you can reach out to me you're happy to answer questions if like this is something that you're interested interested in i got lucky because when i i came in um it was the bloomberg administration and so um you like he was just basically everybody was like kind of a political appointee and they, like it wasn't requiring like civil service exams so like that you know i came in at that point and then under like different administrations, they were, everybody was sort of like, oh no, everybody has to have a civil service title. And so they pushed everybody into civil, ser into civil service titles. Um, but that's, you know, those are sort of like small details. But if it's something that you're think thinking about, you know, and kind of how to get into like public service or government or something you're interested in, um, can certainly like share some more advice around that. Um, but yeah, I think that's sort of like where I, how I ended up where I am um, and really kind of how being an English major sort of shaped me um, along the way. Great. Thank you so much, Nadia. That was very inspiring. Um, while you all are thinking about your questions, I do want to ask just one um, follow-up to all of you, just if you want to kind of reflect on if there was something you wish someone had told you about the career that you're in before you, you know, entered it um, or got started in it, you know, what would you want others to know specifically about your, um, your, your area? What's the thing they need to know? And anyone can answer. Yeah, I guess I, I feel like overall I had pretty good people advising me, uh, good mentorship, things like that in terms of going into organizing when I did it. Um, one thing I wish I'd sort of maybe someone had told me or I'd you know thought about otherwise uh, would be it's not necessary to always keep sort of keep the rock going up. Uh, I think you know coming out of college, it's easy to have the mentality that like you know your career trajectory is going to just like be that straight line up all the time. You're never going to stop. It's never going to stop. 
Um, and I worked in my first campaign for, you know, six, six and a half months uh, with, uh, you know, Hans Reamer. And that was uh, really great work that I really enjoyed, but it, it was also really exhausting. And even then I was starting to feel a little burned out after that. Um, and I thought, you know, yeah, it's fine. You know, three more months. It's, you know, it's a general election. It's, it's exciting. What are you going to do until November anyway? And I'm really glad that I went to Wisconsin and did all that work. Um, and it was different and it was really exciting. And we did a really, really, lot of really good and important work. But um, I think now one thing I really decided to do after was like, whatever you do, don't jump on some like exciting spring election right now. There isn't a really important election, election in Wisconsin now for the Supreme Court out there. Um, there are other really important local elections across the country right now. But I, from, I just realized like, if you do that, you will crumble into a pile of dust and no one wants that. So uh, <laughs> so uh, for now, I, I think I might be start, about to start selling in a couple of weeks, but um, it was good to have a little break and I recommend that to anybody who thinks about it. Great. Any of our other panelists want to share something they wish they had known before they got into their area or? I can go. I think in marketing across both jobs that I've had so far, I think um, it definitely doesn't, I know that depending on the company that you're in, obviously you're going to be learning a whole new skill set based upon the company, what the company expects of you, whether it's like a new database or, um, you know, like publishing has its own terminology. It's like a, a whole different language half the time. So just like those things you'll learn on the job, but don't be afraid to utilize the resources that you have to educate yourself on things um, that you have, YouTube, LinkedIn learning, all those things I wish I had taken more advantage of, and I'm still planning on doing so in the future, but it's such a great resource. I'm working now on, I just switched from moving on um, bottom of the funnel marketing to top of the funnel marketing, which is, there's a bit of a difference. So utilizing like LinkedIn learning, YouTube videos, just being able to go just the extra step above and beyond really helps because not only does it make you feel better about your skills, but also really impresses your managers and um, can help your team succeed on a greater level, knowing having those um, extra skills in your pocket as well. Great. I think I wish I knew um, how hard good teachers work to make it look easy. Like I had a lot of great teachers and I think people who become teachers generally are because they love school and we probably love school because we had great teachers. So it all cycles, but I think really good teachers make it look like it's effortless. And I kind of wish I knew a little bit more about that because you sort of learn on your feet that it's not when you're. Um, you know, constantly prepping for new classes, reading like a couple chapters ahead of the kids, um, trying to keep up with the grading, and then all the other elements of teaching that aren't necessarily the, the teaching part, but more the, the organizing, the nurturing, the managing personalities. Um, so I kind of, I don't think it would have dissuaded me, but I wish I knew a little bit more of what it all entailed way back when I was 23 years old and <laughs> decided to sign up for it. I mean, I don't know that this is necessarily about sort of the career field, but I definitely think that um, like sort of leveraging networks um, is something that I wish I had known um, when I was younger, how important it is. Um, and, um, you know, kind of how to take advantage of that. I think, uh, and I think there's more opportunity now through LinkedIn and other sort of like social like networks in that way. Um, this you know, career, uh, career panel, et cetera. But I definitely think, um, you know, le leveraging, leveraging networks just to like really like learn, um, learn more about uh, the opportunities and um, what, uh, what is possible and sort of like, what does the day-to-day -day look like is something that I, I wish I had um, had done when I was knew about or done when I was younger. Great, Mike, it looks like there are a couple of questions. Yes, there are some questions from our students. So uh, the first one would be, how would you market your English major skill set in, in an interview or resume context? Um, I can jump in on that. So having been like, so I've, been, I've been a hiring manager, right? So I've seen, um, you know, I've seen a lot of resumes, I've conducted a lot of interviews and, you know, write the cover letter, tailor the cover letter. Um, like it's, I'd actually... 
I think some career advisors might say nobody reads a cover letter, but I do. Um, and if I, you know, a good, a well-written, thoughtful cover letter is something that stand, like it stands out to me. Um, and so it's not necessarily about um, marketing your English literature skill set or your English major skill set, but it's it's really again, it's like how you um, how you express yourself and how you communicate um, to the hiring manager and to the interviewer um, what your strengths are. Uh, why you're the right fit for the role, what you can bring to the role and like, you know, why you're like sort of why you're interested in it. And I think having, I, I, I'm, I keep going back to like having that ability to communicate um, yourself and sort of like your, your strengths and yourself um, through, but through both a written, uh, written medium and in an interview situation um, is really, really important. Yeah, I think going off that uh, in organizing, but I think in general, um, one thing that we really focused on, especially in Wisconsin, was like having your personal story, being able to being able to tell a story. And I think um, when, of course, English major is really helpful for that. But I think more specifically, you know, being able to identify your, you know, your objective, what you want to get done, what you want to accomplish, and being able to deliver yourself from where you are and tell a story to get you there, and to either persuade someone why you know, you're the right person for a job in an interview, or in my case, often, you know, talking to volunteers, why should they, I'm not from Wisconsin, I'm, they don't know me, where in my primary campaign, you know, why should they work with me? Why am I invested in this? You know, why am I here? Um, that's a big thing for us. So I think, you know, in addition to the skills that I think we often rightfully bring up in terms of, uh, you know, attention to detail, uh, persuasive writing, you know, um, research skills, I think, you know, just simply being able to tell your story well and, you know, interestingly um, and purposefully to an interviewer or anyone else in your job um, is really important. So Sydney's, Sydney's point, um, you know, there are a lot of resources, again, there's a lot of resources that can kind of show you and explain to you like how to, how to, how to write that story. Um, like LinkedIn Learning does it and there's videos that will kind of show you how to do that. I think also one thing that I did um, before getting my second job was I ended up making um, a website, basically like a digital portfolio, just like showcasing what I had to offer from like multiple perspectives, whether you had like an internship or even like a piece of an essay. I had like a bunch of social media campaigns that I worked on in my previous job that I featured. So being able to kind of go the extra mile and showcase like your story, but also here's proof and you have, you can like have a link or however you choose to promote it easily accessible on your resume so not only can you show up for yourself in the interview but then you can see immediately like look what they have to offer and like just shows that you went the extra mile you go above and beyond and not only did you you want you you want this job but you do the research and you, they're like really impressed by that um I think is also helpful too one thing I did in my initial interview for library marketing is that I talked to a librarian uh, I went up to a librarian at my local library in um, Connecticut at the time. And I said, I'm, I'm interviewing for a job at Hanging Random House. Have you, like, do you know who that is? Like, have you worked with them? Do you know what that is? And can you tell me one thing they do really well? And I took that quote and I brought it back to my interview. I think they were really impressed. So I feel like just finding different ways that you can curtail um, whatever job description it is and figuring out ways you can go the extra mile, whether it's watching a video, talking to someone in the field, things like that. I think that really helps. Well, we had a, another student question, and the question was, which Villanova resources, if any, do you wish you took advantage of while you were a student here? Um, and I think, you know, if, if you want, you could maybe flip it as well and think, you know, what what resources did you take advantage of that you're glad you did? So you could think of it maybe in either way. Something that really helped me, and I don't, and I don't know if it still exists in a formal way, um, but was doing mock interviews. I thought that was really helpful when I was a student. Um, at the time, the career counseling office would set those up and it would either be just a career counselor or um, some professors who would volunteer to do it, some academic advisors would volunteer to do it. And I think it just gave you the confidence, as Sydney was saying, to kind of like promote yourself, to really be used to talking about yourself. Because I feel like as a student or as a young person, you might not often be asked to do that. You're constantly trying to, you know, maybe get material across or show that you know some kind of content but I felt like um 
having the chance to figure out, you know, what I would say when I was asked certain questions or what kinds of delivery I would use. I thought that was really helpful. And then um, pretty recently I was using, um, there was an alumni career um, class, I guess I took, I'm not exactly sure what it was called. I could probably find it, but, um, and that was really interesting. You know, I was coming at it from like, where, what's my next chapter, but there were a lot of recent graduates in that program. And it was a really good networking opportunity to talk to people a little bit like this to say like, what's your job and, and what does that look like day to day? I don't know what that title means. And it was an interesting way to kind of find out what else was out there. And it was, it was from all the majors, but it seemed like it focused a little bit more on humanities because that's a field where you really can kind of, you know, in, invent a job and, and learn as you go. Um, so I would definitely say that the resources like that helped me um, early on and then even like at the next the next part of my um, my career path. Anybody else want to offer a thought of the resources that they used? I will just say I agree with you, Jen, even preparing to go onto the job market when I had received my PhD, having the mock interview opportunity was just was huge. So, yeah, and our career center offers many resources among them that. Yeah, I think the Career Center is a place where I did go sometimes, but I think um, I'm sure I could have used more and was very helpful. I think one thing I'd say is I think if you're looking to get into sort of a, I don't want to say less conventional, but a job like organizing that's not like a more of a corporate structure, like maybe uh, just something like that publishing or working maybe for like a, a big city um, that lean more towards that sort of what they do there. I feel like what I did, I never quite found what I was looking for in terms of like campaigns, but I think in terms of getting a resume done the right way and getting a cover letter done the right way and getting a headshot, which you should all do with the career center. Um, I still use mine from freshman year. I need to get a new one. Um, but I think the career center does a really good job. You just should know what you're looking for when you go in there so they can help you the best they can. Um, another one I think would probably be the writing center. I should have used the writing center more. Um, I feel like that's probably a common plug but um, they do a great job and I was probably overconfident with my writing in college, but they, there's always improvement that you can do on another draft or another, you know, round of edits. So definitely do that. Great. Do we have other questions from our audience? I have a, a question to ask while we're uh, waiting to see if anybody else has one. Um, did you find um, in the course of your studies and then in, in, in your careers that um, there were any misconceptions that you had to overcome um, about in terms of your studies or in terms of yourselves or in terms of your careers, like as you were going on your journey, did you find that there were ideas in your head that you realized were, were incorrect as you, as you went along? I think initially starting out, like in, uh, my goal was to get into some form of media and I ended up in publishing. So that kind of fit the bill a little bit and, um, that made sense. But now my role as, um, a marketer. I've never worked with numbers more in my life. And I never would have thought that being an English major would have opened me up to that opportunity. And now I think of data as storytelling, which is wild to think about that way, but somehow it works and it's really interesting. Um, so, but like, if you asked me five years ago when I, or six years ago now, when I graduated, I'd be working on like, like, comp with the complex equations and budgets I would have never believed you so I think that like just because you're an English major doesn't like limit you to doing things that only deal with like writing and communication and it definitely starts there but I feel like the options truly are endless and it doesn't define your set path I think it only the skills that we learn as English majors can only benefit wherever you do end up going but I don't think it's limiting in the stereotypical like um path to where most English majors you would think go so so I, I think to follow up on that um you know just because you're an English major doesn't mean you can't do data right data analysis or you can't code or you can't sort of do any of that right any of those um any of those maybe more technical uh, skills or careers. Um, I manage a twenty million dollar budget. I, you know, <laughs> did not think that I that is something that I would be doing. Um, here I am. Um, you know, I I think you just really. Um, 
I don't even know that like my English, nobody, I think, I guess where I am at right, right now in my career, I don't even, even think anybody knows that I was an English major at that, like, at that point, um, I, you know, I just, it's, I'm so far beyond it now. And like, I've done so many different things um, that it just, it doesn't limit you. Um, it doesn't define you. Um, it gives you a really strong foundation um, to do a lot of, a lot of different things and like learn, you know, you, you can upskill, you can, um, I did a project management certification like you can do a lot of different things. Um, it just kind of gives you the foundation, um, but it doesn't limit you. I guess I'm curious if any of you want to speak to the sort of, um, your sense of the future of your field. So if you feel like it's a growth area broadly or, or not, or, you know, how you would address that question. I, I guess uh, for me with campaigns, uh, with organizing, I think there is growth in the field. Um, you know, I think people, more and more people are voting, more and people, more people are getting involved. Uh, more and more money is going into elections, uh, both just in terms of people, you know, donating big groups, organizing, uh, you know, those larger, you know, super PACs, which are out there and exist. So you got to deal with them. Um, but it's, a weird question to answer, I guess, because no one stays in organizing that long. I mean, that's not true. But in terms of campaign organizing, it's a field full of, uh, it's where people start out. You know, it's where you make your stripes, so to speak. Um, the uh, organizing director who I worked for in Wisconsin, you know, two rungs above me, um, she was, I don't know, but she wasn't that much older than I was. Uh, my boss wasn't that much older than I was. Like, the statewide campaign director wasn't in the grand scheme of things that much older than I was like people, you know, move on to different fields, sort of, they still work in, in politics, maybe for advocacy organizing, or they move over to fundraising, you know, other fields that have people skills involved, maybe operations, maybe different things like that. Maybe the political department depends what happens, but um, there's a lot of turnover. So um, I think it's a great time to get in organizing if that's what you want, where you want to start out after college. Um, I think it's a really great time. We're going to have a big election, you know, again next year. And there are always, you know, elections every year. But um, so I really do recommend it if you are willing to work hard and want to make a difference and want to, you know, do good work if that's important to you. Um, but, you know, don't, I, I would, no matter what you do, I would caution against, you know, setting a 10-year plan right now. <laughs> you know, it's always dangerous. I think from a marketing perspective, there's plentiful opportunities for growth. Just on my specific marketing team, there's like six different marketing groups. I'm specifically in lead generation. So we're trying to get clinicians in the door to sign up for our website so they can take activities and earn credits. We also have events. There's a product marketing team. There's an email marketing team. So I recently moved from email to lead gen. So not only is there a lot of opportunity for growth upward mobility, there's also a lot of lateral mobility if you want to try something different, because at the end of the day, they're all interconnected, but they also all have like very specific tasks and jobs. And it's never, you'd never do the same thing every day, which if you're if that's something that interests you, that's kind of nice for me because you're always, it's like always a new challenge every day, but there's also still a little bit of structure, which I also like. So um, it's definitely fun in that way, but there's definitely always opportunities for growth in marketing for sure. Same with education. I mean, there's, you know, the, everyone's heard about the nationwide teacher shortage, which probably makes it sound like a terrible field to go into because <laughs> why would you want to go into a field that people are leaving? Um, but I think a lot of that is, is maybe overhyped in a negative way. Um, depending on the area, I think, um, teaching is a career that when I started and, and sort of my cohort started, um, it seemed like most teachers stayed for as long as, as long as I have been there, I have a, you know, a peer group, we started together. We're all like in the, in the 20, 30 year range. Um, but many younger teachers come in and they don't necessarily plan to stay for as long as some people did. Um, and that's not really a bad thing either. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that's great about the new generation coming into the workforce is that ability to, I hate that word pivot, but it's, it's so, it, it's 
so applicable um, to, you know, to, to take some skills and, and learn what you're doing, but then apply them to something else and, you know, maybe teach in a traditional setting and then go on to some other kind of educational component if that interests you. Um, so I do think it's a pretty um, viable career path. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that people, you know, start as a an educator in whatever grade level. And then there's there's room for growth, there's room for lateral movement. Um, I don't think we're ever gonna fully replace teachers, even though online learning has has kind of changed the way we do things. But um, I think it's I think it's a pretty viable field. I think there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of new initiatives that'll that'll keep it an interesting field to be in for sure. Yeah, many of my colleagues, like a large number of my colleagues were um, were teachers who then moved to central office roles. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's always a, an option. Um, man, government and public service, I think, is a hard place to be in right now. I can't, you know, it's sort of like, I think it's, it's hard to kind of keep up with, um, like, the tech space and some other, like, other ed tech and some other things that are kind of going on. Um, I think it is a really excellent place when you're young to kind of, um, get gain some experience um, and to re like really 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 learn and gain experience um, you know don't maybe not necessarily stay forever um, but you'll you know to, to get the experience and again like you can move to some move to something else and like there's opportunity in government there's opportunity I mean I sort of like lump my lump myself government public sector education I think it's kind of where I fit it's like there's opportunity in nonprofit. There's opportunity in like charter schools and charter school networks. Um, like there's a ton of opportunity um, out there. And, you know, it's not, it is a field that's growing. Um, teachers aren't going to be replaced. Um, Education is not going to be replaced. Like we need teachers, we need educators, we need our kids. And, you know, I think this is also a really interesting time to be in education post COVID because I think, um, so much has changed uh, in the field and, um, you know, we're really sort of like reckoning what the future of our public education system looks like. Um, and I think it's really, it's actually really interesting and interesting and exciting. And, um, and there's a lot of demand to sort of, I mean, where I am, especially to um, modernize in many ways. Great. Well, I think on that note, being mindful of everyone's time, um, we are probably going to conclude. Um, thank you so, so much. Um, it was amazing to hear all of your stories. I think they're all really inspiring. Um, as Mike mentioned, this will become a podcast. So it will also be available for students. We are always um, encouraging students to listen back to our podcast from this series um, because all of the stories are so inspiring. But um, thank you again so much for your time. And, um, and we're going to sign off. <laughs>